The Forum at 8 on SAFM. At seven minutes after eight. Thank you so much for tuning into the forum this morning. Now, South African Parliament has been plunged into chaos this year, not once, but on several occasions. At some point, we saw scuffles and other instances, parties settled in for lengthy filibustering, and this all in an attempt to delay adoption of reports. Meanwhile, 20 EFF MPs have taken Parliament to court in an attempt to set aside their uh, sanctions against them. And to reflect on this, and all of what has happened uh, during Parliament's fifth sitting on the Forum at 8 this morning, we are in conversation with some of the opposition parties and we are asking the question, are smaller political parties in Parliament being reduced to spectators? And we want your comment on this, 891 That's the number to dial and you can join in the conversation. You can also get in touch with us via SMS on 34701 or you can tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And uh, to introduce our guest this morning, we have uh, the Chief Whip of the United uh, Democratic Movement, uh, Ngaba Yomzi Kwankwa, who is in our Cape Town studios. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Good morning to the listeners. And we also have in our Pretoria studio, Dr. Corne Mulder, who is the uh, Chief Whip of the Freedom Front Plus. Thanks for your time, Dr. Mulder. Yes, thank you. Good morning and thank you to your listeners. And joining us on the line from uh, the Inkata Freedom Party, their Chief Whip, Naran Singh. Thanks to you as well, Mr. Singh. Good morning, Sakina, and to Honorable Mulder and Kwankwa. Good morning and to your listeners as well. Now, Dr. Mulder, the behavior displayed in the National Assembly in recent months was very dangerous. Um, this according to ANC Deputy Chief Whip Doris Tlakude. Do you agree with that? And how would you characterize what we've seen in the fifth parliament? I will definitely not describe it in that fashion. And I would say that parliament has suddenly become rather very vibrant. And I think also very interesting. I think that uh, the electorate out there and the people are enjoying what's happening in Parliament to a certain extent by having a look at a new vibrant vibe in Parliament. Now, the question is, why did that basically happen? We've returned after the elections in May, and we've now been in the fifth Parliament for the last six or seven months. And obviously, um, it's a new Parliament with new members. You must take into consideration that more than 50% of the total numbers of Parliament, of the 400 members, are new members who are there for the first time. And you've also had the introduction of new parties who have not been in Parliament, one of them being the EFF, but there are others as well. And definitely there's a different approach and a different style from some of the parties, and I think that has made a big change. Um, But dangerous, I won't say no. And uh, Mr. Kwanko, how do you uh, feel about it? Do you think it was good or bad, uh, the new energy that has been infused into Parliament? Insofar as it contributes to a robust discussion in Parliament, there is no problem. We don't have a problem with that. Uh, But let me take you back, uh, you know, uh, a few steps backwards. Um, The issues about Parliament being robust and at times, um, you know, bordering on on, on eroding parliamentary decorum, if you like, is, is an issue that has been happening for a very long time. If one were to look in 1931, for example, Winston Churchill complained about the same issue uh, in, in the British Parliament. And there were some instance, incidents that happened in India in the 1963s and so on. Uh, but what is important about these debates is that they must be able to move and take the country forward. They should not just be about the pursuit of power and people trying to be media butterflies. What we should not lose sight of is that people actually sent us to the National Assembly so that we can contribute to 
the project of nation building. If we can safely say, as, as, as members of parliament and leaders, if we are able to be honest with ourselves and say, our debate so far in the past six months have contributed immensely to that, then we should say that we're on the right track. But if in the process of trying to bring our points across, we have erred or might have erred, then we need to sit down and try to correct that going forward because it won't take us forward as a country. Mr. Singh, do you think it's taken us forward as a nation, the uh, proceedings in Parliament, and also your take on what we've seen thus far? Well, certainly I've been around 21 years and have never seen uh, what has happened in terms of the aggressiveness that we see in Parliament. However, the robust interaction, as Dr. Mulder had said, uh, is, is something that we have witnessed, and there's nothing wrong with that, uh, as long as it's done in terms of the rules and, 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 and orders of the day. And uh, there seems to be a flouting of the rules, not only from the keeper of the rules, but all, also from those of us who are supposed to adhere to the rules. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, new parties have come on board. They've come with specific mandates. Uh, they require uh, answers from the executive, and that has not been forthcoming as easily as it should uh, in, in, in this first parliament that we've had. So while one cannot condone the kind of aggressive action and behavior, uh, one must say that uh, it makes for healthy democracy if the executive are held to account, uh, to account uh, for all their actions or inactions. Does that mean then, Mr. Singh, that are you saying that in previous parliaments uh, the answers were more forthcoming from the executive? I would not say so, but uh, we've seen in the fifth parliament, well, what I've really seen, that especially from uh, uh, the president himself, the answers are not as forthcoming uh, as they were. And uh, one would probably uh, uh, you know, associate that with the uh, so-called uh, Nkandla debate and interaction and uh, uh, discussions that we've been having. And, uh, you know, the answers have not been forthcoming, whether it's a deliberate uh, uh, distortion of uh, answers or whether it's just avoiding to answer the questions. I mean, we've, we've seen that happen in the fifth parliament, which has never happened before in the other parliaments. Are there alternative means, Dr. Mulder, of getting the executive to be more forthcoming with those answers or to answer them in a way that is satisfactory, at least to those in the House? Well, that's exactly the problem, as my colleagues correctly point out. What's happening at the moment is not just a single event that suddenly caused this kind of uh, reaction. I think it has come a long way. It started, I think, even before the uh, last election we've had in May, when the ruling party started with its campaign of telling South Africa that they've got a good story to tell, and maybe people are experiencing it uh, differently. But then, obviously, the whole Nkandla thing uh, brought the whole thing to a head as far as I'm concerned. Um, Our job as members of parliament, and one has to understand two things. The first one is that uh, we as members are elected, basically, to represent the people. And and parliament is not only an institution that is there for the majority. It's there for all the people and all the parties representing different sectors of our society. The second one is that the uh, role of parliament, uh, there are different roles, but one of the more important ones is to do oversight over the executive. And in order to do that, we need a functioning parliament. So suddenly we've had a problem. And I think various things, mostly I think also the Nkandla affair basically uh, emphasize that we've had a problem. And you can go and look at that whole process. Uh, Myself and Mr. Singh served on behalf of the 10 other parties on the Nkandla ad hoc committee from the opposition side. And it was most frustrating because clearly parliament with the ANC's majority was not intent on doing any oversight. So we've got a stalemate in that sense. And I think that has boiled over. And then it goes further in terms of of, uh, the rules of parliament. You know that the president 
is supposed to at least once a term come to Parliament to answer questions. He has been in Parliament this year only once for a small session and not didn't complete it, obviously. And that brings further frustration. So it's very difficult. How do you keep the executive to account? How do you do oversight if you've got that kind of approach from, from, from the ruling party who's got the majority? So uh, what would you then suggest? What sort of changes do we need as a country in order to make sure that we do get these answers, Mr. Kwankwa? Uh, let me answer that question by saying, you know, our systems work because over the past 20 years, we have built systems and established boundaries of acceptable behavior, both in parliament and outside parliament. And if you, you consider and look at what uh, Dr. Melda has just said about President Zuma refusing to come to parliament to answer questions, it means President Zuma is regrettably sweeping away 20 years of institutional values and principles that support our constitutional democracy because we can't have a situation where we are sent by people to parliament to get their account, to hold the executive accountable for its programs. And, and when we try to do that, when we try to carry out our mandate, we find that President Jacob Zuma can tell us that he won't come to parliament because of whatever happened in the past. It's almost like he's undermining the same institutions which are supposed to ho- uphold our democracy. But I don't want to make this issue about just uh, democracy and, and President Z- Jacob Zuma. What is important as, 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 oppos- as political parties, all political parties, we should ask ourselves a very important question as to how do we create an environment where parties can achieve policy wins and represent their constituencies in a manner that contributes to nation building, but in a manner that also ensures that we don't morally coddle the ruling party or the governing party because we are here to hold them accountable. We are here to make sure that programs are done properly and that service delivery occurs on a daily basis to our people. That's a fundamental question that we have to answer as all opposition parties. But I would like to go back to the question you asked as to whether or not we're being reduced to spectators. Should I answer it now or are you going to pose it? I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back to that one because given what you've just said about holding the executive accountable, from the public's perspective, you know, watching the parliamentary channel, what we've been seeing is mudslinging, character assassination. Indeed. You know, it, it, it really hasn't created a great impression of Correct. what goes on in Parliament. I agree with you entirely. Uh, let me give you an example, uh, uh, Sakina. A report by Samara, a non-profit think tank devoted to promoting democracy and citizen management, engagement rather, in Canada. You know, they did a study. They looked at uh, six-month speeches that were delivered by their MPs in the National Assembly. And to their surprise, they actually found that the, the speeches of the MPs and what they were promoting was not aligned with the interests of the public. And, and there might, it might be, it might very well be that we've done the same thing over the past six months because we focused on a few issues that we, we tended to actually focus more on degenerating parliament and collapsing it and not focusing on all the issues that affect South Africans as a whole. And it means that we have to, if we, we go, continue on this path, our democracy will be the biggest loser. If parliament becomes a discredited institution of hooligans, we are going to be the biggest loser, and South Africa is going to be the biggest loser. It means that we need to do something about it as leaders. Do you think that uh, the minority parties are actually losing the battle at this point in the House, Mr. Singh? No, really not. Uh, I think far from it. The, 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 the smaller parties have really come up together and been a formidable force to the ruling party. A case in point is uh, uh, in the last few days of our sitting where a program uh, which is called the Order Paper was foisted uh, on Parliament, uh, on all of us, 
and we strongly objected in terms of the rules that the order paper is always discussed and agreed to by the uh, discussed first by the chief Whips forum and then by the uh, programming committee this was not done and uh, we held parliament for about six hours before we started i think uh, your viewers who were watching channel 48 and other channels uh, would would know that we sat until four o'clock in the morning mm. i think we held our grounds uh, and, and on a number of other issues in the chief Whips forum and other areas we've been able to hold our ground as smaller parties mm -hmm. because we have we are now united on issues uh, it does not mean that that uh, all the smaller parties would say the same thing or come from the same base. But I think we have been more united on issues uh, than ever before. And, and that's a good thing for democracy, that opposition parties can do that. And let me come to that question now. Do you believe that the smaller parties in Parliament have been reduced to spectator uh, status, Mr. Mil Dr. Mulder? Definitely not. <clears throat> Let me explain one thing just quickly, perhaps. Uh, listeners must remember that we've got a proportional system of representation when it comes to our electoral system. Now, what that means basically is that we will always have a number of parties, not a two-party state or two-party system. So if you look at the current fifth parliament, you'll find that we've got 13 parties in parliament. You've got the ANC being the ruling party, and then you've got the Democratic Alliance being the official opposition with 89 members. You've got the EFF with 25 members, and then you've got a grouping of which I would like to call the 10 other parties, and combined they've got 38 members. So it's quite effective and then you'll find in the end that it's not a question of how many members you necessarily have, but the question is how effective they operate. And, and, and as Mr. Singh and my colleagues correctly pointed out, uh, this and I've been there since the first parliament, this is the first time that the opposition has succeeded to combine to a certain extent and work together in a very effective manner. So there may be a perception that the, sp the other parties have been uh, uh, reduced to spectators, but anybody who's been in parliament and who follows exactly what's happening in there, also in the committees and in the structures of parliament, will know that this grouping of 10 other parties are playing an absolutely pivotal role at this stage to steer what's happening in parliament. Mr. Kwankwa? Uh, well, I would, I would answer that question by, I agree entirely with my colleagues, but I want to bring one matter to the attention that, you know, Parliament works when political parties cooperate to create an environment that is conducive for the institution of Parliament to carry out its mandate. And now this also includes parties focusing on positive policy agendas rather than just fighting about petty issues. And I want to answer your question by saying, in so far as some instances, in some incidents in Parliament where you find that, uh, you know, Parliament would degenerate into chaos and, and, and sittings would be adjourned before the 10 other parties had an opportunity to contribute to discussions or debates in the House. To a certain extent, one would say yes, because remember, we prepare for those debates and so on. And if um, a House is adjourned before we actually made our input, it simply means that we've been denied an opportunity to play our, our role as the 10 other parties. So in a way, to a person who's watching it on TV, that person might be tempted to say that we've been reduced to being spectac spectators. But if you look at the contribution that Honorable uh, Corneille Melda has just highlighted and Honorable Singh have just highlighted, both within the institutions of that governed parliament, the consultation in the Chief Whips Forum, 